In this episode, I am speaking with the incredible Danielle Renee, the creative force behind the esteemed Bobby Charles brand. With an unwavering commitment to perfection and endless learning, Danielle has seamlessly woven strategy, fierce leadership, and excellence into every area of her beauty salon brand. Beyond Bobby Charles, Danny is a strong advocate for personal and professional growth, coupled with a deep commitment to health and fitness. Her top tip? That as the leader, you need to be excited about your brand and growth first. She has a lot of awards under her belt. In 23-22, she took home finalist uh, Salon Owner of the Year at the ABIAs. She has been uh, the 2022 winner for Dermal Therapist of the Year with the Australian Beauty Industry Awards, plus has won numerous leadership awards. In this episode, we're unpacking what it takes to build a beauty brand that truly stands the test of time. Plus, we'll be discussing how business ownership and an unwavering commitment to self-growth go hand in hand. We're even unpacking whether or not scaling truly aligns to our higher purpose, plus more. Welcome to The Main Edit, a podcast that's all about building standout salon brands. I'm your host, Mickey Old, and I'm a small town girl who dropped out of school and built a wildly successful salon brand from the ground up. Head over to mickeyold.com to learn more, but in the meantime, let's jump right in. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are a wealth of knowledge in so many areas of business and leadership, so I am so excited to talk to you and pick your brain. Oh, it's nice to be here. I just want to give your listeners um, some key takeaways and, yeah, some little goodies. Thank you. I super appreciate it. So um, can you can we start off by... I guess, learning a little bit about you, what your background is, who you are, uh, your business, Bobby Charles, how you got there. Yeah, (laughs) you can give us like a little bit of an intro. That would be amazing. Yeah, thanks, Mickey. So um, I am based in Brisbane and I have two cosmetic clinics. And so I started in the industry back in 2015 and I had a little clinic at home. And then once I built my client base, I ended up getting a shop front in Lutwich and I had that one for about five years. And then we just opened one in West End in the West Village precinct two years ago. Um, yeah, so I've got the two now. Uh, I got a small team of 10 and I'm a qualified dermal therapist, but my passion lies in, you know, leadership and, and business um, culture yeah amazing are you from Brisbane originally I'm from Sydney yeah okay great so how did you find yourself in Brisbane and creating a business there yeah I moved up just before my 18th and I have my older sister that's always been in Brisbane and she's my whole world and I used to come up as a kid she's actually 18 years older than me so like a mother figure and I used to um catch the bus up to her every school holidays or whatever so Queensland was always like my place yeah I was old enough to um yeah make that move I I did amazing did you think you'd always get into business was that something you always saw for yourself um yeah I've always been like business-minded and you know quite strategic and 
I like taking risks and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I am really, really independent and, mm. you know, it doesn't mean that I can't work for somebody else, but I need to have that creative freedom and I need to be able to have a voice to have innovative ideas and um, that kind of thing. I like having that, yeah, that high level kind of um, planning. Yeah. I love, I love taking any sort of projects from conception to to launch and um, and to growth and that kind of thing. It's yeah, it excites me. Yeah, great. So you've been in business now for like seven years. Is that correct? So yeah, seven, eight, something like that. So 2015, I started in Jan. So what are we? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 23. Yeah, eight years now. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. So yeah. great. Fun. Look, I'm definitely. I can feel that I'm coming up to that decade mark. And a lot of people say, like, if you look up statistically, um, so many people fail within the first 12 to 24 months, like yeah. a high, high percentage, as you know, but then so many more fail at that decade mark. And I can see why, like it just, there's something that changes within the business model um, that makes it so much more challenging. Um, and I guess when you're at this stage of business, you're looking more, detailed and you're looking more about um, um how to create a sustainable brand and so you're looking at so many different things rather than when you're a small business at you know two three four five years it's still all your focus on really is keeping the clients happy but it just completely changes yeah 100 that resonates with me so much because I'm about seven years in almost now and I have been having those thoughts myself like and I've shared that with my community online as well. The first few years, people say that's the hardest and it is hard, but it's not as hard as when you're kind of in as far as what we are. And you do have to kind of start thinking like a big company. You have to think long-term sustainable success is actually so much harder to reach um, longer term, I think in ways like obviously you've learned so much and you build so much resilience and you have so much in your tool belt as well from those first few years, but things really kick up a notch when you're approaching, yeah, the 10 years and you're thinking about the longevity of your company because you're no longer this like exciting startup, you know, and you're not as bright eyed and bushy tailed. You kind of have some experience <laughs> under your belt, you know, the hardships. Um, yeah, it's, it's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think when you're, when you're at this stage of business, there's a lot of people that are um, coming through that are newer in the industry. So you still have to um, be innovating as fast as them. And I think the the pros that a, a brand new business has that's just coming into our industry is they can look at everyone from afar and they can be like, how can I do it all better? And yes, we do. We, sh we should be doing that as business owners as well, but we don't have that space to completely recreate the wheel. Yeah. And when you completely recreate the wheel and you've got a team, they all freak out because there's so much change. So not only are you trying to innovate and keep the culture good and the clients happy, but you're also trying to make sure that you stay ahead of the game and ahead of the industry and, and be that new buzz every year. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that becomes challenging when you've also got your own um, tasks and your own job role as a CEO and as a founder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is key in that process? Like, do you think it is all about coming back to your like bigger vision and keeping your team aligned with that? Like, what do you do? What are some things that you practice to ensure that you are always 
moving ahead and that your team are there alongside of you for that journey. Do you mm. have thoughts on that? Yeah. I always go back to planning. So at the start of the year, we have like a visionary day where we have all the team um, for a full day and we talk about like we whiteboard it and we talk about, you know, what have we stopped last year? Um, how did we innovate last year? So we go like historically, what awards did we win? And then what about each individual person in the brand? What did they learn? How did they, you know, those kind of things. So we don't only pull apart the brand, we pull apart each person in it in regards to how much growth have we had or what happened? What challenges did we come across? Mm -hmm. um, and then going over those challenges, it just makes us realize no matter what happens this year, we've got through so much historically, like we can do it as a team. So it comes back to that empowerment. Um, I, in that visionary day, I share um, what my 2000 or the next year is going to be looking like from a brand perspective. And um, that way the girls, you know, have some sort of idea. So we look at like historically and then right now, a snapshot of where I want to go. And then we go, um, we forward think. So what do we not need in this brand anymore? Like what's not working? What can we get rid of? Um, how do we want to invest in the culture this year? Um, is anybody, um, you know, wanting specific incentives? So we get them. It, it's a real collaborative experience. Um, yep. And I think sorry, no, we have great ideas, but if we use our team as well, we're so much more powerful. So we look at how are we, when it comes back to innovation, we look at what are we going to start and what are we going to stop? Mm -hmm. And what is the industry doing that we can do even better? So yeah, it comes back to that planning and collaborating with the team. Um, but first and foremost, it always starts with the founder, as you know. So, you know, I, you know, November, mm, October, November, December, I'm always, you know, doing all that planning. So I know where we're going so I can lead the team most importantly. Mm -hmm. And I see and feel and hear in those meetings. So I have everything ready. And then I then go away with my marketing team, my management team after that meeting and then implement things that, that were a really good idea or, you know, whatever. So it's quite the process. The team only see the vision day. Yes. And that eight hours where we're together. Mm. There's a lot of planning beforehand and there's a lot of implementation afterwards as well. So that's how we stay um, relevant in the industry. And that's how, you know, I keep my team aligned to... Um, the vision and and feeling like they're really part of the part of the move forward because ultimately people in your team are going to be more inspired when the owner's more inspired yes um, absolutely clear yeah that's so important I love that that's actually like key takeaway I'm going to write that down <laughs> so good yeah. um so I, oh sorry no, you're right. I was going to say it, it, you know, that's the vision day at the start of the year. But of course, like every business, we have our marketing meetings and our management meeting, meetings once a month where we sit down and we speak about, you know, those kind of things as well. We look at, we look at it throughout the whole year, mm -hmm. but day at the start of the year is, um, is a big one. Yeah. So your, I guess I would love to know more about how your team is structured, like with your marketing team and your management team, and you are, a company of 10 um, employees at the moment. So do you have certain people in your management team and then like a separate marketing team? How how does that look? Like who are you meeting with? Yeah. So our Bobby Charles is very looks very different this year to what it looked 
um, 12 months ago, we've had quite a lot of change. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lot of businesses at the moment like employees are so different business is so different just the world we live in today is very different as you know yes um so historically as a business and moving forward like I have myself as the founder of course and then I have sitting beside me I have um a clinic manager and then on the other side is a marketing manager mm-hmm I did have a VA that was in marketing that was assisting her for um, this whole year, but we've decided to make that change next year um, of just having uh, my uh, marketing manager manage it all. So she's full-time and she's in clinic. Yeah. Um, and then myself, I'm obviously full-time around the clock. And then there's uh, the clinic manager, which is full-time. Yeah. So we all have very different roles and we're all looking at very different things. Yes. So is and your then- manager uh uh sorry a technician as well like do they work in the clinic they no, just absolutely no she's and, and it is a big expense yes it's a huge expense but she's worth her weight in gold she's honestly incredible and she knows everything about everything and she's just we couldn't be bc without her she's yeah. just um and then also my clinic manager. So my clinic manager, the current clinic manager, and historically we've they've always been on the tools as well. Mm-hmm. It's going through a, a shift at the minute um, where I'm bringing on a full time marketing and leadership person. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on the hunt. If anybody's um, keen to go into that role when this podcast drops, mm-hmm. I am interviewing at the moment. So we're looking for somebody that's um, got really. Um, really incredible leadership skills and um, wants to look at more of the strategic growth and the ideas like the person that we're looking for you have to be an ideas person and you have to you know be able to look at a brand and tell us how we can do it better and um, be able to implement that as well so I do um, have somebody in mind so hopefully she's coming through we're trialing her at the minute but we are still open yeah Uh, and she is not in the beauty industry, which I love. So she's yes. in the corporate space. Um, Incredible. But she's also fun. And and I guess that's what I look for in my leadership. It's like I want to have somebody that, excuse me, that can be firm, but that also is the most beautiful nurturing person that knows when to push and knows when to pull back. And it's something that I am so passionate about is like that feminine masculine leadership. Like what does this human being need in front of me right now? Yeah. That's that's what we're hoping for from a management space. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously that new manager will then take a lot away from me because I'm right in it at the minute. I'm like academy coach clinic. I'm also managing, I'm marketing and I'm owner and I'm therapist, which is something I don't, I generally coach people not to do. Yeah when the business needs it, you have to go dive deep because yeah, it's, it's important to make sure that you can iron all the creases out before you go into a new year, I think. And yes, it's hard, but it's not forever. It's just a season that we're in. Exactly. It's kind of what we sign up for. Hey, there's just different periods and sometimes it's smooth sailing. And then other times you are going to have a whole lot more on your plate. So work and life kind of merge into one. I think that's the way it is kind of when you do own a business as well like it does become your life and it's it's a huge part of your life so you just have to kind of get stronger with your boundaries where you can um 
because you never know really what's going to happen. You can plan for so much, but there's always going to be something that surprises you and comes along and tips things, you know, on their heads. So it's just kind of how things work. What do you think, like when it comes to creating a killer culture in a beauty business and in a salon business, because I think we're very um, similar, although you're in beauty and I'm in hair, so, you know, everything's so transferable. Um, how do you motivate and lead your team to success on a daily basis? Do you do huddles? Like I know you've done so much in self-development and in leadership and you have your own coaching programs. So when I, I, I was looking at everything that you've done and you just, as I said at the start of the podcast, you're a wealth of knowledge. I can already tell that. So what do you think is key for a really vibrant and, um, I guess, rewarding culture that does create a team of winners? I would say it comes down to three things. I'm literally getting goosebumps. This is how much I love culture. Oh, but I love this. <laughs> firstly, before I go into my three things, for anybody listening, is you're always going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Leave that out. But it, you, you, when it comes to culture, you're never going to get it perfectly squeaky clean. And especially the more people you have, there's always going to be someone that's unhappy. There's always going to be someone that's on their period. There's always going to be someone that's having a split up with their boyfriend or whatever. Yes. So, and when we make decisions as an owner and as a founder, there's always going to be someone that it upsets. Yes. So like you're never going to get it right. So I think it comes back to having, firstly, having compassion for self. Mm-hmm holding space for self but the three tips that I would have around culture is always listen like listening is key and I know I know sometimes it can be hard when we're busy to often check in one-on-one with our team and especially if you have that management that are doing the one-on-one check-ins but for me it's just making sure that I'm listening to them so they feel valued so they feel like they're seen, like they're just, they're still people that want to be, that want to feel like they're having a big impact on the clients just as much as you. Yes. So listening to your team. And of course, when you are listening, we want to ask really good questions to get the right information out of our team. Mm-hmm. That's something that I, um, I spend a lot of time coaching my leadership team is if, you know, if we're not asking a direct question when we already know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. I wish I could think of an example to give your listeners right now, but so say if we're just, you know, for example, if you've got one uh, person in the culture that when you have one-on-ones with them, they don't often give you much. It's like a one answer approach. Yeah. Like a yes, no, or, you know, if you ask a person, how are you going in the role right now? And they say, good. Because that's what's mo- what most employees will say. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling a bit whatever. Whereas if you refrain, uh, rephrase that question and say, what are you struggling with the most? And what are you feeling like is your real strength at the minute? They, they physically have to give you some sort of, they might say, I'm not struggling with anything. Great. Because that's what you want to know. You want to know, are you struggling? How's the culture? What are you excelling in? You know, you got to be specific with your questions to get the right information out of your team. So mm-hmm. again, where it comes back to planning as an owner, as a founder, you have to have that planning time before you go in of what do I need to know? Yes. Um. So listening to your team and asking them questions is my first tip. 
And then the second tip for an indestructible culture is having fun. You have to have fun. Yeah. Like, especially in our industry, we're always giving and it can be a tough industry because you're looking to please other human beings all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be tough. So I think just having fun and often I, when I'm coaching other business owners, they say, but I'm not making enough revenue. Like if I take them off the tools, it's pulling away from revenue. And I totally understand that mindset, but it's not true because mm-hmm. if you person that's having a heap of fun on the tools, A, it looks good to the clients because they know you've got a good culture, but B, they're more confident within themselves. So they're doing better services and they're happy to be um, prescribing that at home, that home care um, or whatever it would be in your, like, you know, the home store. They're happy to yes. talk, you know, and more talking leads to more sales, right? Yes, absolutely. So having fun is important. Um, and, you know, um, we have different strategies around the having fun side and also the listening and asking questions. And then number three, tip for an indestructible culture would just be education yeah and investing in them Mm. because mickey came and worked for bobby charles and i said mickey would you come and work for bc here's the package i'm going to give you it sounds great when it comes to a financial position but if i say to you hey mickey this is what your next 12 months looks like Mm -hmm. with the with the career investments that we're doing or your career education that we're doing. These are the awards nights we're taking you. You, you feel like you're like, absolutely, it's a heck yes, because yeah. it's you feel like you're being invested in. Yeah. So, yeah, they're my three tips is just listening to your team, um, making sure you're asking the right questions and then, um, you know, making sure you're having fun. And then number three is investing in them for sure. Yeah. Great, great tips. Do you have um, do you have career frameworks kind of nutted out for BC at the moment? Like, what does your career progression look like for your team? Mm. So yeah, we have training pathways. Yeah, within, and each staff member is different. And again, each staff member has seasons. Yes. If I think about staff member A within my brand currently at the moment, she's absolutely incredible and she's so confident I mean sorry she's so good at her job but she's lacking confidence mm-hmm. self thing and we're coaching that but I know that if I give her too much more education and too much more she's she needs to coast for 12 months yeah so she's in season where it's just like implement like implement all everything that we've taught you for the next year doesn't mean we're not going to invest in her we're investing in other ways so we we break apart every single staff member and then we work out where are they at in their career, where are they at in their life? Because again, I've got another one that's so excitingly just been um, engaged on the weekend. And normally, what happens after engagement is your baby, right? Yeah. And that's, so they're the things that we're going to be looking at because that is um, a distraction to the business. Mm-hmm. The key player. So it's like even though she hasn't said it, it's like I'm thinking about it over the next, you know, twelve to three years for her. So for her, it's like. Um, I would treat her differently, staff member B to A. So yeah. so we pull apart each staff member and then we create that um, development plan for them. Um, and obviously we use um, we use them as well because it's up to them what they want to do or how much they want to do. So it's, again, collaborative. Yeah, so important because, yeah, no one is going to be the same and some people will want to be rewarded, you know, 
in a financial way and then other people it's you know quality time with people they love or you know other people it's it's recognition or educational opportunities so I find that with my team too it's just you know money's not what every single one of them wants sometimes so they're not going to be driven by that necessarily but you know stylist a will absolutely be driven by that and stylist b will be something entirely different so I love that you've tailored things to suit your stylist what do you you, no you're right how do you figure out what your team needs yeah we have one-on-ones fortnightly so our team leader has one-on-ones with our team um we have goal setting like a goal setting retreat once a year so we'll go back to our vision and we'll do training around our customer experience and everything like that And then we have like our annual reviews where we'll really talk about what they want from the year ahead. And we capture that Uh, in our team meetings. We do journaling and like, you know, open discussion, brainstorming with our team. But similar to, to you, like we have a we have a rough idea when it comes to on the floor styling we know what our career progression kind of looks like because it's you start from like an emerging stylist who's learning the ropes and then you climb up and you become you know senior master creative director but Mm. so we have a rough framework in that regard and then also the remuneration that's kind of attached to each of those tiers but I think communication is absolutely key because we do need to nut out what it is that everyone wants to do you know, longer term. And I love transparency. I think it's really important to try and foster a a working environment that um, has transparency and welcomes that because, you know, everyone is going to have a really different journey. So one of my, um, one of my stylists, I can see she hasn't, she hasn't brought this to me at all yet, but she's younger and she's got so much potential and I can just see her going international moving overseas at some point and so I similar to you with your stylist who is going to have a family and that's going to be the focus because it is any of those sorts of things is going to disrupt the the flow of your business as it is right now but I think you need to kind of look ahead and know okay well that's probably coming at this point so how can I nurture this person and like build them so that they are as successful as they possibly can be, but also like make moves to ensure that you're going to be still a really strong business when that person peels off and does these other things. And even if they do come back to you later, so you have to kind of create this wheel where you have people coming in and, you know, you build them and and sometimes they turn around, they, you know, they keep, the wheel keeps going, but sometimes they shoot off in different directions. So it's about getting people in and like, taking them on that journey with you and giving them, yeah, educational opportunities. If people are interested in, you know, awards, that's something, especially when I'm onboarding people or in in the recruitment phase, I always like to ask people like what they want to do with their careers, where it is that they want to go, just so I am aware, even if that's like, I want to own my own salon one day, I kind of put that in my back pocket and I'm like, they could be potentially a business partner one day or we could open something with them or I this person will probably want to learn leadership and management skills so they can be an asset to me to learn those things before they're ready to take that step for themselves. Like, So I guess in that initial process and then it's just about touching base and communicating with them along their journey with us. Yeah, but everyone 
everyone is so different. So I think you do just need to have communication is, is so important. Hey. Yeah. It's just, and, and sometimes like we were saying before, when you do have a vision and you make, um, you have, you make certain choices and, and you're like, okay, we're going to do things this way now. And that, you know, it can upset someone. Like there's always, you're never going to get it right for everyone all of the time. But what I found in the past as well, that it is just all about perspective. So sometimes if I do know that someone has a problem with something, it can be little, like, it can be like, oh, what's a really basic example, like a retail incentive maybe. And I mean, we do always think about how that's going to impact every single one of our team members. So if an emerging stylist, for example, will not have the ability to hit the retail incentive as what a a master stylist would, we do try to think about ways that we can make it fair, you know, even playing ground. But sometimes you do just need to kind of pull that person aside and have a conversation with them because it's like a lack of understanding, I find, like, and it's a difference in perspective because, your team are never going to have the full scope over your business as what you do. Um, yeah, what I guess on that, like what have been some of your biggest challenges in being a leader and a business owner and how have you overcome them? Like I suppose, I don't know, for me I found that like when I started out, I would have smaller issues and at the time they seemed a lot greater than what they probably were and now I have issues and they probably seem really you know, they might seem bigger than what they, you know, and in 10 years time, and we'll be like, oh, that was nothing. But like, what have been some big ones for you that have been like a catalyst for change and um, have essentially grown you into a, a better and a stronger business owner and a leader? Do you have any? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of specific ones, but like as an overarching, <clears throat> as an overarching thing, I think it's trying to juggle all the hats. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll make sure you fill your own cup up, which is something that I'm really big on is, you know, making sure you take time to yourself because as you were just saying from your comment is majority of our time as an, as a leader is spent thinking. Yes. Right. It's like, we always have to be like uh, planning and strategic. So a lot of our time needs to be spent there. But then also, you know, the clients miss you and um, the team want you. But then when when you go back, the team don't want you. And it's like, you just, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's trying to juggle all the emotion and still stay strong, I mm. think. Um, and, you know, um, try and for me, it's, it's all about like trying to juggle your feelings and emotions around the culture and the team when you have change. Um, still trying to show up no matter what, with a strong and um, relaxed look, um, like you've got everything covered, which, you know, 80% of the time we do, but there's that, you know, 20% that we're like, I actually have no idea, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, so just trying to present composed mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think it comes back to knowing that we're going to have times where we feel alone and that's, mm-hmm of powerful collaborations like yours and mine today is being able to talk from owner to owner because we actually get it whereas um it's not to say that employees don't get it they just look through a different lens yes you can't talk about everything obviously to your employees and you know they don't know 60 70 percent of what's going on behind closed doors they only see what is presented to them so 
I think it's just knowing that sometimes it's going to be lonely um, and um, yeah, just making sure that, yeah, we just put on a brave face no matter what. But uh, yeah, it mainly comes back to the culture changes that we've had and the growth, like we've had incredible growth, which is awesome. But then with growth comes stress and new challenges and yeah, just navigating that. So when I opened West uh, West End, that was like huge. It's triple the size, triple the overheads, triple the stress. Yeah. Right? Um. So and then trying to manage two is completely different to managing one. You've got two, don't you? I did have two. I had one here on the Gold Coast, and I actually decided to sell it because I was just. I think physically they like they were so far. I mean, it's only a couple of hours, but I just found it too much that I was like, I'm really burnt out going between the two. And I felt as though it also took me away from my team in Brisbane. So um, I, yeah, going through that growth phase and then wanting to scale, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Hey, like it's just, oh. it's so enormous. Yeah, you definitely, there's times where I'm like, you know, do I want this? Do I want to continue to grow or do I want to scale back? Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't make decisions lightly like that. It's huge as you, as you would have as well. You know, you have to look at so many different factors, but yeah, the, the West end in the second clinic absolutely killed me. So that was a huge challenge. Um, and then you just, you've always got some sort of culture change when you've got, you know, 10 girls, um, you know, there's, you know, we, we generally like to get a minimum three years out of our staff. But so if you have 10 of them, there's always someone that's going to be looking to change. And I think you're just more in that risk, you yes. know, just living in, you're honestly living in a risk. So you need to be able to look at the risk and, and have strategy around it, but also like, don't let it impact you, which is bloody hard. Like we're all human, right? Yeah, really, really hard. It's like constant problem solving and identifying. Wow, problem solver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Pro proficient in problem solving. <laughs> Most of the time, it's it's just insane, isn't it? What do yeah. you? What are some of your self care rituals? What do you do for you to fill up your cup? I'm very big on like just getting sun, nature, going for walks, because um, I don't. Yeah, it's not. When I'm on, I'm on. I don't often get time to um, do much else. But mm -hmm. then, yeah, when I'm off, I like I take a full, like I take a lot of holidays. Yeah. 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 And, but when I'm on holiday, I'm still working, right? Because yeah. as, an, as an owner, you're always like planning or, you know, that's where my best ideas come. But it doesn't feel like work when you're away and, and you're uninterrupted and you're looking at the ocean or. Absolutely. You know, it feels really nice and creative. Um yeah just trying to feed myself well and, you know, training and just looking at, you know, health and wellness is like a holistic thing for me. And um, what I'm trying to do at the minute is just try not to take as much on as I would normally, knowing that there's just, you know, economically it's a, a shit show. Um, so making sure that we're just, yeah, I'm trying to not take too much on. So I have that space to kind of not be on flight or flight, flight or flight all the time. Yeah. Nice. I think too, just knowing it's so hard because sometimes I do try to remind myself that like things will work out okay in the end and that everything is a learning opportunity. But yeah, it, it is when you were saying before that you are always in risk, especially when your overheads 
do grow. And when you're approaching that 10 years and you have a bigger team and your team's growing, overheads grow, like, you, you know, the amount of work that you have to do from a management leadership perspective that grows, it's, you're, you're constantly on. So I think taking breaks where you can is so important. It is so worth it though, right? I don't want to sound like it's, you know, it's it's completely all pain and all, it's not. Like there yeah. is really, I think, you know, at the time of us doing this podcast, when you look at it, it's like, if you were to do this podcast with me before COVID, mm-hmm. piece of this, you know, business yeah. was great. Um, business was great. Team was smaller. You know, people would just work really hard, whereas it's been, and even for our employees, like there's just been so much change. Yes. So it's, it's hard for them as well. And it's hard to live in, you know, where we're at right now. But I think if we were to sit down again in in even 12 months time, I'm sure it'd be different. But if we were to sit down in 12 to 24 months time, I think it would be, you know, a much different, a much different time. Exactly. Yeah. It's always changing. I guess like the rewards are so great. Like the reward is so great. It, having a business is so rewarding. I found it to be one of the best lessons in like self-growth and self-development um, as I'm sure you have too. It, it really transforms you as a human being and that alone is worth it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so like looking at everything you've done as well, I've seen that you've gone to like some Tony Robbins events. Um, you've done some leadership training. So what I would love to know what Tony Robbins was like speaking about self-growth and development. How how did you find it? What what was that process like? Have you done any of his training? Just no, so I, I never, but I've been so intrigued. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I have to ask you about that. Yeah, you definitely should. It's so much fun. Ooh. It is um it's a lot in the way of like he the way he it's like very rah-rah, as people say, like his voice is very empowering and to be around him for and all of his people it's all very high energy so to have like high energy for 12 hours it can be a lot for the body to take in and they don't take breaks very rarely so especially if you're in person people are running to the cafe running to the toilet because you don't want to miss a beat and then you come back it's like everything's just so chaotic Mm -hmm. um and then normally he does full immersions where it's like four to five days in all of his training. So you put your body under that high, like parameter of like excitement and 12 hours a day, five hours, you just, you really crash afterwards. Yeah. But anybody doing his training coming up, just make sure you give yourself a good few days afterwards to kind of get your body back to equilibrium, I think. Um, but he's, it's well worth it. I highly recommend it. I've done a lot of his training over the years. I think I first started in 2017, maybe, or something, 2015, studying with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had, yeah, private coaches of his and um, done all, done a few different um, training courses through him. But the business course is like business mastery is epic. And really? I've sat twice and both times I got a lot of different things out of it, depending on what stage my business was at. Yeah. Um, and he uh, like surrounds himself with the world's best in everything that he does. So why would you not want to learn off somebody that's, you know, looking to get like every little bit out of life and business? Um, I want to give a tip right now as well for people that if you're going into Tony Robbins training, because honestly, like, you know, when you think there's like gold nuggets through things and you might take a little note, 
his all of his course is gold nuggets. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, wow, you cannot take as many, you can't take, you want to just record the whole thing. Wow. So what I do, and hopefully this, you know, can be implemented from our listeners today is I just have my laptop open on one screen and then I immerse myself because I do it um, virtually um, is I'll put like day one at the top and who the speaker is. And I just literally take any keynotes. And then when I get to the end of the day, you can't wait to the end of the week because it's just so much. So when I get to the end of the day, I spend an extra half an hour just looking over the notes and then I have an actionable items from each day. Mm-hmm. So, because otherwise what I've done in the past historically is I take each of the notes and then I might highlight things, but then they're in different colors and then it's just all a shit show and like overwhelm just stops you from executing everything. So I really like learned this process where at the end of the day, I've got my actionable items and then I only highlight three actionable items that are going to create the biggest impact. And I just do those three first from each day. Um, so yeah, if you're going to go into his training, I, I highly recommend to do that because you just, you've got notes on notes. You just think of like, you know, 12 hour days, five days in a row of just key amazing speakers. It's yeah, it's a lot to take in, but I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm going to check it out. It's the best. It's honestly so cool. It's awesome. It's so important for us to have mentors too. And like, I think business ownership and leadership is an endless, um, you know, commitment to learning and knowledge and and we do have to just fully immerse ourselves in opportunities like that I think that's what separates those that will be really quite successful and those that will just kind of stagnate stag stagnate and be at the same point you know and eventually you know that could mean that you fall behind so so important to be doing those things Nikki do you mind if I ask you about the sale of the business is it something that you've spoken about on your podcast uh, no, not not yet, actually. But it's it, something that'd be so um, beneficial because there's so many. I bet right now there'd be so many people out there that are like, "Do I sell? Do I not?" Like with the stress that people have had, um, especially your smaller businesses where it's just a couple of people. They're like, it's just getting too much. Hmm. Yeah. So, no. Ask- good question. Sorry. What you finish? <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like, how how did you go about the process of selling it? Yeah, it was hard. I feel like the lead up to it was more devastating than when I actually sold it. Like to sit with that and accept that that was the best thing for me to do was a difficult point for me to get to um, and and actually realize. I A lot of things had happened. So similar to you, um, to what you were saying before about like the shifts and the changes within your business, that sort of happened for us as well. And I was going back to Brisbane because you know how you were saying you wear a lot of hats and then you kind of have to do everything. I was absolutely in a season of that, you know, 12 months ago up until only a few months ago. So I had to really go back and put a lot of my focus back into Paloma and back into Brisbane. I found it, um, I actually found it really hard when I opened on the Gold Coast. I was like, I'll just find some freelancers because for me it was just a little studio that I wanted to work at. Um, so I could do some hair here on the coast, share the space with freelancers and um, have the opportunity to send my team from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. And if any of them wanted to transfer to do that, I always kind of had this big vision of having, you know, one in Brisbane, one on the Gold Coast, one in Melbourne, maybe one in Sydney. Um, and then 
I, there were a few things, like I found it really hard to find the right freelancers to share the space on the coast. That was like the number one big thing I would say. And I was going back to Brisbane so much. So for a long time there, it was just me working in the space. And so on the days that I wasn't there, it would just be closed, which I hated because it was so beautiful and people would be walking by and I felt like it really disrupted. It was in Chugan. It's got a beautiful like village feel there. So, and it was smack bam in the middle of the street. So I was like, I hate that it just kind of sits closed up. It's disrupting the whole, you know, the flow and the energy of the, of the place. And then I was, and then some exciting things I was given, um, some opportunities through some like big color hair care brands. So being like an educator and like an advocate and ambassador for them. So then I started to travel like all around Australia teaching and going to events. And so my ability to be at Chugan was just like, you know, it was even more, it was even less. And um, it just got to a point where I was like, I, I'm not using this space. It's just, I mean, you know what it would be like, like your overhead's just not really double because I didn't have staff and I didn't want to, I could have probably hired on the Gold Coast. Like I had a lot of people reach out to me wanting a job, but I knew that that was going to take me away from my team in Brisbane. And because of the shifts, I felt like they needed me. So I just knew that whoever was coming into the Gold Coast, I was like, I'm not going to be able to give them all of me and and my best self. So I don't really want to go down that path just yet. So I actually put it out on my personal Instagram to like close friends. And one of my friends reached out who lives here and she was just like, I actually would be interested in this. So I got lucky. I sold it to like a good friend of mine, someone I love. I still work out of there from time to time. So on weekends. Yeah. And so she, she bought it. Um, She bought like the business name, the website, the yeah everything the client list and I work from there sometimes so I kind of I guess now what what happened was that I gave life to a little space that had it was a hair salon previously but like really quite it was quite old school like a bit run down so it was like I gave life to this space I built something I contributed to like the Chugan you know village and I flipped it essentially and I still have somewhere to work but would I do it again? (laughs) You know, it's like, was it worth it? I mean, it's a great, great, um, great lessons. Like I learned so much about selling businesses even like, cause I've sold, I sold my first salon, which was in Wollongabba, but that was very, that was a private sale. And I mean, this was a private sale, but it was very much, um, it just wasn't to the level of this one because I was, I sold the space in the lease it was like a lease takeover for my first one so my second one was actually like a business sale with the name with you know everything was involved so speaking on the gold coast the one on the gold coast yeah so I don't know and I think I just I was upset because I felt like I had failed but then I was just like you also don't know what's going you know what's ahead and it yeah I, I think like being a business owner And being an entrepreneur, I think that's really what it means. Like I feel pretty comfortable calling myself an entrepreneur and sitting and wearing that title because I feel like I am a very fearless person, Um, strategic enough, but like I will have big goals and I love actioning them. Like I'm, I'm very brave in that regard. So 
you know, I, it's about trying things and sometimes things won't work out how you think they're going to, but you learn from that. And it allowed me to take a step back and put more effort into like this podcast. Um, I have like an online course. I do coaching as well. I've, I've seen that you've done that. And that's something I'd love to talk to you about before we, we wrap up today, but it allowed me to do all of that. That really excites me helping people build successful brands is really exciting to me and it means that I can just work from home on the days that I'm not in Brisbane at the shop. So I was like, that aligns more with me anyway. So it's funny. I think you, I don't know, I know for myself I'll do things because, well, yes, I want to action all of my ideas, but also I'm like, is it because I think I have to, is it because I think I have to scale and I have to prove something? And then you realise that's actually just not aligning with me and my ideal life and what makes me happy. So sometimes you have to go through full circle. <laughs> and then again, and I love you being so open and, and vulnerable. I'm sure people love hearing that. It's so beautiful to see. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, again, that all comes back to us having the time to actually sit with ourselves and ask us those questions. Like, where is this decision coming from? Yeah. Is this serving me right now? Absolutely. You know, yeah. Again, it comes back to time. Um, and they are huge decisions. So you need to give it the creative space and, space and the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for asking. No, I, I should, um, I should, I actually wanted to do a podcast episode with Indy who bought it just about the process. And I think it was so, um, it was so serendipitous and like it, it was so harmonious in that she came into my life unexpectedly. It's so funny how the universe takes care of you in that way. I met her by, you know, by chance and, we were all, yeah, we were just on each other's radar. And I'm like, you were the person that was going to build by the business that I would build. And yeah, really, really cool. So that's so nice. Got to believe and trust in the divine sometimes, even though that's woo, but I think, I think it's true. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. So there's always a way out. Things work out fine in the end, I think. That's right. <laughs> Um, so on your coaching stuff, like what do you offer and how can people find you and work from you, work with you, sorry? Um, mm. Yeah, tell me about that. So um, everything sits under the Bobby Charles um, branding. So if you head to Bobby Charles Academy, you'll see what we offer at the moment. So they can people can work with me privately one-on-one or in the containers, the 12-week um, group coaching containers um, where we have other business owners um, that come in and they talk about their, it's kind of like a round table, I guess, where you talk about your concerns, your pain points, um, what's going on, the wins and all of that sort of stuff. So it's just really like a collaborative experience. Obviously I'm, I'm the one that's holding the container and I'm the one that's doing majority of the problem solving and, and the strategic um, planning around it. Um, and then they would go and um, implement it. If I like to think about it, like almost they're the managers of their mm-hmm. clinic, and I'm like the CGO of their clinic. So um, I'm looking at better ways that they can capitalize on the, on their current experience within their brand. Okay. Um, my area of expertise is, is definitely around um, culture and client experience um, and just making sure that we're, you know, the brand is staying innovative for sure. Um, so we've got our 12-week coaching program. I'm not sure when you're releasing this, Mickey, but we've got our 12-week coaching program. The next one is um, November the 27th. So it opens in a couple of weeks. Amazing. Yeah, this will be next Wednesday. So it'll be good timing. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So November the 27th, 
um, we kickstart and then the next one will be, I think, in March um, that I'll be opening up. I only ever run one at a time just purely because it does, as you know, take um, so much of your um, um, mental capacity because you want to make sure that you show up in every way that you can for these people. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then we are offering um, online and in-person browse um, extensions, lifts, um, that kind of thing. So there's two pillars of the coaching and um, academy brand. We coach um, from a business perspective um, and then we train from a beauty, like technician, practical side. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it is something that I am so passionate about. And like you said, it, it definitely it fills my cup. Like I feel like it doesn't matter how tired I am when I get on one of those calls afterwards, I'm like, we can literally do anything. I know. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. You know, you're in the right space when, when you feel like that. That's so true. That is so, so true. Yeah. It's, there's something about collaborating with other business owners and having, you know, holding space for even, you know, even chatting to you today. It's one of the best things you can do. I feel when you're in ownership and to have mentors as well, just, it makes the journey so much easier. <laughs> well, I'm actually um, putting together a like a five to ten, like really small, um, I guess, round table for business owners where it's like you don't pay to be in there, but you're hand selected. So say, you know, you want them on the same kind of level, if not um, a little higher, um, mm. just because you want to be able to learn. Like I know I could learn so much from you, Mickey. Um, it's like having you in that. Um, round table where we're purely there we're not paying we're purely there to support each other so it's almost yeah it's just a collaborative experience to be able to um, share your problems and actually get support from like-minded like-minded people so it's not a coaching experience so to speak um, so if you're interested in that I can definitely get my team to reach out to you I would but love it's, it might only be like once a quarter or once every you know six weeks or something we just get together if we go and have lunch and or do it virtually, whatever we decide to do, and just you know share our share the things that are going um, wrong in the business where we can get some support from other people. Unreal, yeah, I love that. I would love to. Mm, it's just nice to have that. I think. Oh yeah, so so important. Um, I might leave your coaching links and everything like that in the show notes as well, so that people can access your programs. Yeah. Um, I was checking them out. Looks so good. I love how streamlined everything is on your website. I was like, oh, this looks great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely, I think the next um, point of contact will be like strategic calls for me. So um, if you, if any of the listeners want to get on one of those, that way we can actually see if we're the right fit. Um, and those strategic calls are more about, um, you know, what's best for your brand. Is it private coaching? Can we get you into the group coaching where it's more affordable? Um, so it's almost like a career kind of you know career trajectory around the coaching side and and of course I do give some strategy on the calls of where things are at and how to move forward from those so uh, maybe we can pop that link um, for the strategic call in the show yeah awesome I'll grab that from you for sure what do you feel um just before we wrap up like what do you think is ahead for you and your brand what are you kind of focusing on for the 2004 yeah <laughs> Um, there's two words that we normally only have a one word for a year. Um, this, this coming year, it's all about collaboration and culture. So we're just going to continue to, 
um, focus on, you know, building really powerful collaborations. So thank you for getting in there early before the year starts. Oh, it's <laughs> and, it's <an> honor. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just culture is, yeah, hopefully, you know, when we bring on this new marketing, I mean, this new um, manager, things can really blow up even more. Like we took out um, Australia's best in culture, which is huge. But for me, when I win an award, it's like now we actually have to get even better and show the industry how you can like, yeah, just take it to that next level after you get those kind of awards. Um, So yeah, that's what it's about for me is how do we actually be even better in that space? Um, I don't know. You know what it's like. It's like, if you're training something in a particular area, you just want to do it so well. That way, you you know, you can live it, breathe it, sleep it, and walk walk the walk. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So culture, culture and collaboration for next year. Beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything with me today. I got so much out of that. I feel inspired. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. It was so, so wonderful to catch up with you. And yeah, I will put all of your details in the show notes. Everyone can find you, your Instagram handle, everything like that. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.